It's a huge weekend at Santa Anita. First post time on Saturday is noon. On Sunday, it's going to be 1230. Highlights on Saturday include a handicapping contest, part of the first tour challenge. You can compete on site to win entries into the ultimate betting challenge on March 4th, and you can get cash as well. That's a $1,500 event. Also, each day this weekend, there are coast-to-coast pick fives, five of the best races from Santa Anita and Gulfstream. That's what we're going to be talking about on this show every Saturday and Sunday. $1 minimum, player-friendly, 15% takeout. The Pick'em Contest continues. Popular sports props, including horse racing and football, offered every Saturday and Sunday. I guess no football this weekend. I don't know. Maybe they're doing something for the Pro Bowl. $500 in prize money to the top winner each day. The Showviver Contest, a free online game. Get more information about all these games at santanita.com slash contest. And remember, Sunday, mandatory payout in the Pick 6. We're going to have a special show for that as well. To learn more, go to santanita.com. To the Coast to Coast, the first Coast to Coast show for Sunday, February 5th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital. Happy to be back again with you for another one of these shows. We've got uh, a Sunday of action. No uh, no NFL to distract us this week, uh, JK. We're going to dive into these races. Very happy to uh, have with us, as usual, coming to us from the planet Texas, Jonathan Kinchin. JK, what's up? Here's the thing. That's what's great about this game. It's what's great about gambling in general. I don't give a damn if Northeastern Louisiana State is playing Jimmy McWilliams University on a Wednesday night and it's minus seven, if I'm sitting there on the couch with something delicious to eat and a cold adult beverage, it's a wagerable <laughs> event for me. So don't worry about it. If there's race, if there's four-legged animals running in a circle in Arcadia, California, and Hallandale Beach, I'm in. It's been a long time since we had you use the four four legged animals uh, running in a circle line on these airwaves. It was it was a frequent one circa I don't know 2017 or so. Man, we've been on the air a long time. Hey, before we dive into the sequence, I do want to talk a little bit about the return of JK Plus One. A lot of buzz on social. I've had a chance to listen. I thought you got great stuff out of John Sadler. You made a, a a winning return, no rust for you off the layoff. I'm just curious uh, to hear what kind of reactions you've gotten so far. I uh, know it's been good. It's, 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 it's fun to be back. Um, it, you know, and, and it's, it's always fun for me when you, when we have a guest and I had one, you know, particularly in Michael McCarthy kind of during the first run where like the world thinks they're kind of quiet and contained and then you get them and this whole other side of their personality comes out. It's, it's very rewarding. It's very fun. And, and I felt like that, that was what happened with John Sadler. Like he's always seemed, you know, kind of to himself, kind of, you know, very calm and collected. And then, you know, he, he would come with a couple of lines in there that, uh, that I thought were fun. So really looking forward to it. Uh, a lot of appreciation to Sheikh Fahad and Qatar racing for, for supporting the venture. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, Angel Cordero, um, I'm really excited about. You know, I always tell the people that I'm going to have on. This could be an hour and a half, could be two hours, but <laughs> it could be three. I am 100% certain 
that I will break the record for the longest podcast in racing with Angel Cordero, and everyone's going to love every single minute of it. Uh, That's great. Now, from, are you saying from the bomb he... threats that he got from his car oh, yeah. and like sending out family members he didn't like to start his car in the morning just to make sure? <laughs> like, it's good stuff. Oh, like the shooter! They 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 threatened to shoot him at Aqueduct, and they made him go out there alone. Uh, Pimlico, at Pimlico, Pimlico, and he had to, oh, he had to, they made him they made him uh, they made him um, post parade by himself. Oh my God! Can you imagine? But we'll we'll let him tell the story for real. Is he? Do you have a schedule for Angel, or is this just one that's going to happen at some point? No, because Angel's one I'm going to do with video. So okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to get to Angel uh, probably down in the city, maybe mid February. Um, and, and get down to him in, in Long Island and, and set up a couple of cameras and we'll have, we'll have video with that one. So that's great. Let me know if you need any help. That'd be a fun one to be a fly on the wall for sure. One observation I had is I felt like your cart talk experience really helped you with the Sadler interview. I feel like so many of the people you had on in what we'll call season one were people you already had a rapport with, which obviously makes it a lot easier to interview them. Sadler, I know you know him in passing, but it feels like you did a great job just like making that connection and getting him to open up, even though you didn't have sort of this established relationship with him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think if, I think if, the, if the math is right, in 2020 when I started doing it, I was on air on Fox maybe for a year. So like, although like, you know, we kind of started off where like horse players kind of knew who we were, but some of the trainers had never really heard of us. So sure. they're always a little hesitant, like who, why am I talking to this person? But, you know, when you turn on Saratoga every morning at Del Mar, as I'm sure John Sadler did as a fan of racing, then you see, you know, the, the, that guy with the hair and the shirt. <laughs> then when he calls to, to talk to you for two hours, it's not nearly as like, who the hell, who are you? But, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, I got more comfortable, right? Like, that's why when I first did my first 28 episodes, basically all of them were people that I knew because that made me more comfortable to, like, talk to them. But then cart talk, having to, like, do those with, with legends like Tom Durkin and people that I had never met that I was huge fans of made me get it a little bit more comfortable and like reaching out to people that I didn't quite know. Yeah, it showed. And I think it's going to be just, just you having that club in your bag gives you so many more fun directions to go this season. And again, yeah, we thank our uh, Qatar racing pals and Sheikh Fahad in particular for uh, helping get you back up and running. There's going to be some great content all season long, all year long on uh, JK plus one. All right, let's dive into this sequence on Sunday. We kick off with uh, race number eight. We've got an allowance race. Uh, coming to us from Gulfstream, 337 Eastern. And the I think it was the first one of these sequences. We had a very short favorite, uh, two to five Cairo consort, life and death to get home for us. I think we're going to have a bigger favorite in this race. What do you think, JK? Yeah. And, you know, I got to be honest. Like, I, I hate... I hate when these sequences start with these types of horses. And some people are going to giggle when I say this because they're going to be like, he was going to be one and two no matter what. Yeah, but listen... The problem is, is that if you hide a horse like this later in the sequence, and I mean this with love and respect, the smaller recreational players who only play on the weekends, who couldn't tell you a horse's name if you asked him who won a triple crown in this generation, they wouldn't, they would like people like that, they look on the board. People, uh, you know what? I, I'm just so no one's thinking of me mean. People like my father. My dad would look up and see the horse that's one to two, and he would automatically include that horse when there's a possibility. Or he not only would he include him, but he might even just single him. It's like, oh, everyone else thinks this horse can't lose. I'll just single and move on. 
where like, you know, if he's, if he's hidden a little bit, you know, he might see a Bill Mott and throw him in. He might see a horse that hasn't run in a long time and, and, and charge it and be like, Oh, what, you know, who knows? Or Dale wrote, you know, so this horse is going to be odds on and he's going to be even shorter in the, in the, in the, in the coast to coast. He'll be shorter in my opinion, in the coast to coast wagering than he will be in the wind pool. I could see. Um, I think we saw that with Cairo consort that day. Yeah, I agree. This is a, this is a horse that I think would have been, I think would have likely been seven to two, five to two in the Belmont stakes. If he ran there, um, um, excuse me, not the Belmont Stakes, the, the Travers. He would have been the second or third choice in the Travers if he would have ran there. Obviously, he had some issues and he didn't run. He, he would have been a, a short price there. So he, he's just a different breed of animal. Todd doesn't send short horses to the racetrack, just like Bob and Chad don't send short horses. I don't care how long the layoff is. Horse is going to run well. And, and I think he's going to be extremely hard to beat. Single and move on. Yep. And super sky point to Big Ralph, by the way. Yes, my man. Got to get, got to get that. We we can't just be, uh, we just can't be denigrating the man as a, uh, as no. A, I mean, I do it with love, but like that's my, you know, my dad. This is what my dad would do. He would go to the window at Louisiana Downs at nine thirty at night on a Thursday at Lone Star Park, and he would come back to the table, and I'd be like, "What'd you do?" He's like, "Oh, I bet a trifecta box." Okay, well, well why? Oh, you know, I, you know, I took the little seven to two shot, little five to two shot, and I threw that little 12 to one, 12 to one in. Like, what that is? He's just like, just betting based on like what the board said. Oh, they, they, that's what they think does not happen. You know, he just, so he didn't know. He just, <laughs> he, he was having fun though. That's the key thing, right? Um, what, that, that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. And we have listeners from, from every stripe, from people who are just looking to have a little action to people who are trying to make this a, uh, you know, a profitable uh, hobby, which is, you know, trickier than ever, but we're trying, we're trying. All right. Race number two in the sequence on Sunday, we head out to Santa Anita for this three-year-old Calbred allowance race. We're going a mile on the turf. And I'll I'll kick this one off. Why not? I went with uh, number four, Thirsty Poppy, or Pappy, I should say, on top. As bourbon guy, I should get Thirsty Pappy, right, shouldn't I? I just thought, trip-wise, this was the horse who was going to get the best one. And I, I also felt that Thirsty Pappy was very, very game to get up last time. Lots of speed in here, and I think we'll, uh, we'll stalk and pounce and get the job done. I also wanted to use number six, Tom and Jazzy. Found the Dirt Stakes Company too tough last time, but that turf run two back, I just thought fit really well with these. I want to get out four and six and just hope the speed burned itself off. Are you similar or do you have one of the speedier runners in here? I mean, I've had, I had Thirsty Pappy and Tom and Jazzy as B-horses, actually. Um, where'd you go on the A line? I'm just going to use the, the two inside runners, Mila's pap, uh, Pappy or Papa, Papa, Mila's Papa. (laughs) That's why I had trouble. We've got Papa. We've got Pappy. It's, it's tricky. Mila's Papa. Um, when you look at pace figures, I'll be quick on this note. When you look at pace figures, I think I talked about this on that show we did with Chappie. When I look at horses that are stretching out, if I find a pace line where it's kind of an even running pace line. That makes me feel like the horse will stretch out. So if yes. it's like 70, 70, 72 final number, that makes me think the horse will stretch out. If it's 90, 80, 69, that's, that's that uh, Paul Matisse would call that a down line. They're, they're slowing down, which means that they're not going to be able to stretch out or even the closing sprinter thing where it's, you know, 40, 70, 
90. It's like, well, you're, it's not an efficient way to run the race. You're, you're running just for a small period of time. So uh, Mila's Papa feels like a stretch out type. And then please focus for Doug O'Neill. Uh, you look at that race two back, it absolutely wins this one. So those are the two that I'll use as a horses. I, I, I don't think they'll, they'll hook up. I mean, Mario is, is known to make a mistake or two. Uh, I mean, he's won two Kentucky Derby, so I don't feel bad saying that, but he, he's not going to hook a sprinter with Edwin Maldonado drawn on his inside. He'll let him go. He'll sit off of him, and they won't go that fast, and, 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 and hopefully they'll be able to, to, to finish up one of the two of them. I thought hacking it up would also be part of that pace mix, so I was going to attempt to play this obviously not quite a meltdown but uh but to come back anyway we'll see we'll see which one of us is right uh in terms of how how the pace shakes out here but you've got it one two with four sixes backups i'm going to try to get out with just the four and the six you also let us know that you have some pace figures that are not commercially available because mila's papa on Timeform doesn't have uh, pace numbers listed, which is interesting. So that's a, a good piece of uh, proprietary info potentially that you're sharing that you think that, that he might be able to, uh, to stretch out and get the, get the job done. So we'll, we'll see. That's, that's one. We'll just, we'll be oppo and you know, one of us will, one of us will hopefully be right. And it won't be some random horse, some senseless horse that comes in and, uh, and beats us. We'll head back to Gulfstream park for race number nine, where we've got three-year-old fillies made in special weight, going one mile on the turf and JK we'll keep it with you. Yeah. This is one of those races where I, I just got to see a workout report. I got to know what's going on um, with, uh, with Norma's tiramisu or Nana's tiramisu and silver stripes. First time starters uh, for Sri DeVoe and Todd Pletcher. I, I have to, I got to know what these guys are doing. Um, gals, excuse me, are doing in the mornings. The one that kind of got my attention the most was towards the outside moral turpitude for, for Mark Cassie. Um, had a tough trip last time, but that race two back, I thought ran extremely well, um, with another bad trip and in that number two back can win this race despite that trouble. But I do need to see what happens with the first time starters. Um, solicitation took a little bit of money. First time out gets Lasix. Now you probably need to take into consideration. And then the two inside runners, Jorge Abreu always takes money first time out because he wins at a high percentage. He's 21% with first time starters. But not only that, this horse, uh, this horse drew Flavian Pratt as well to ride, um, took money, drew Flavian Pratt and, and, and didn't really run particularly well going shorter. I think maybe longer is better inside draw on a turf, uh, speed favoring turf. And then right to the outside Soviet express was another one. I, I'm going to spread in here. And I think I'll be able to pull that off because I was only too deep in the last one with A's and I, and I was ice cold singled in the first leg. Right. I could see it. I like solicitation. You started to make the case. That was a solid enough debut. And as good as Clement is with his firsters, the numbers do improve significantly. Second time out, lots of winners in the female family. And just having that route experience makes me want to lean this way. The two Soviet excess, I thought, made a whole lot of sense. Did not break great and rushed up against the flow on debut. Looks like an obvious runner to me to uh, step up for Todd Pletcher. And then you mentioned about Nona's Tiramisu, this well-bred uh, Rapoli homebred, kin to outwork. Interesting note here, all three siblings won on debut. Now, it's interesting that you'd start this runner that has, you know, that kind of dirt in the female family um, on turf. Because at this time of year as a three-year-old, you could... You could certainly find a dirt race for her, but I don't know. I just, this is in Pletcher we trust. And looking at the breeding, um, Medallia Doro, Empire Maker, just feels like one who uh, 
we'll have the distance will might be the reason why they're here and just what came up in the condition book. I guess one could do some more poking around there. This is another type of runner where if there was negative market signal, I might like get off a little bit, you know, with the idea that maybe they're running here because they think she's not that good or whatever. Unfortunately, um, in the midst of the sequence here, we're not going to have, uh, we're not going to have much of that info though. We will be able to see in the double, from race eight to race nine. So that, that is a little trick you could use. But anyway, I like it four, two, and five. JK is spreading for his life. I wrote down five, six, eight, four, one, two. Is that about right? Yeah. And look, and just, just remind everyone, or I'm reminding everyone, like I, I'm going to look at the workout report. And if it shows up that this Todd thing has been getting outworked by like horses that aren't great and been slow and, uh, and this horse suddenly becomes a B or an off. But yeah. I, 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 I can't make that decision yet. So I, I, I got to see. So I don't want to I don't want to lie to anyone. So. No, that's fair. That's fair. So from here, we'll put the six runners in the mix and we'll see what happens as we head back out to California for some stakes action. I think I'm going to be on for the later part of this California card for Sky Sports Racing. For those of you that have uh, access to that feed, whether it's through some sort of uh, magic box or you happen to live not in the United States. Um, but anyway, we'll see you on there. If we have any regular viewers in the San Marcos is a mile and a quarter turf race and one where I went with the seven as my top pick dicey Mo Chara, this horse, I, I felt like, um, we'll get a good enough setup with the pace that's expected to come from the inside, just in really good form overall. And, um, a runner that just makes a ton of sense because the, the best figure, I don't really think of dicey Mo Chara as a, as a, or Chara as a 10 furlong horse, but that, that's where the figure top came. So that, that's the one I went with. Say the word has run the fastest races, a very long layoff. The motto does has great stats in the category. I just wanted to use as sort of a co a, and then if I can afford at, on a beeline master of foxhounds could just prove to be the best speed, depending on what happens. I'm sort of hoping Evan Harlan does enough to keep uh, master of foxhounds obvious and set it up for the seven and the eight. But if it does turn into the best speed wins situation, master of foxhounds certainly looks to be the one in that category. So that's how I have it. Seven and eight with the two on the back line. Where are you JK spreading? Uh, I didn't use Dicey Mocharo to be honest though. Really? What yeah, did you like? Uh, it wasn't so much not liking that. It's just like, I was liking other things from other horses and I felt like mm -hmm. I had enough coverage. Like Sometimes you kind of get to a point where you're like, if I like six of these things <laughs> and I've, and I have, and I kind of, when you kind of do your first pass, do I really need to add that seventh one? I mean, if I, if I can't get it home with the liking these six, well, what am I doing? Right. You got to make some tough decisions sometimes. Right. So I thought master Foxhounds you had to use, I thought this would be a Phil D'Amato race at first. And then I got to, so basically I like all the Phil D'Amato's. So there's no, I don't need to, but then I needed to have the two outside horses. I needed to have the gray wizard who seemed to kind of find a new, uh, new, new liking to kind of these long distance turf races. And, and that Hollywood turf I thought was really good closing into a slow pace. And then Avenue for Michael McCarthy was one I just couldn't ignore. Um, he didn't run particularly well last time going nine, but he did run better going, you know, the 12 and the 11 and the, and those other, and the 14 furlongs. And it's funny, like talking to Michael, like just about like, if he likes any babies or like, Hey, do you like this horse tomorrow? Or Hey, do you like, you know, just having conversations with him. One of the things that I've noticed from him more than anyone else is he's like, this horse will never win until they start riding races 
for mile and three eighths, 12 furlongs. If I can just keep this horse learning through these next years, he'll end up being a really good horse when they go longer. He's got a, he's got a knack for identifying when a horse just isn't going to win going shorter. It's just out of their wheelhouse. And, and so I, I think he does well in these long distance surf races. It's very interesting. And, and I mean, I could certainly see it. And the last time I left a Mike McCarthy runner out, uh, it didn't work out so well for me down there in, uh, in Florida with Queen Goddess last weekend. You were smarter than me in that spot. The sequence closes with more stakes action in the Palos Verdes, a grade three race number seven scheduled for 630 p.m. We're going six furlongs on the dirt. JK, how are we going to get paid? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one for me. I, I, I'm, there's two horses that I want to use, and I, I, I want to try, the sake, the sake of the sequence, I want to try to separate them a little bit for a couple of reasons. One is not only will I be playing the coast-to-coast, coast, but I'll take a look at the pick six as well with that mandatory payout on Sunday at Santa Anita. So what I think you can do is in this sequence, because of the lack of solid opinions in some of the other legs, I want to try to be skinny here. What I want to do is I want to pick between straight no chaser and Hopkins as one of them being an A horse and one of them being a B horse. But the only the, the deciding factor for me on separating them is going to be the workout report. I want to see how the Baffert horse is training Hopkins. You know, if he's one of those B plus workers who's been working with something really talented, then that horse will end up being the A horse for me. If he's you know a B minus or even worse, Baffert's horses usually don't have worse workouts than that. Um, then maybe a straight no chaser could could work itself out. I think the distance is key for these two horses. Straight no chaser ran extremely well in the Malibu until he didn't. And I think that thing that kind of jumped on his back was that distance. And even the race prior to that, he, he, he ran well at that six furlong point and just kind of got a little tired. So I want to try him, but I need to understand what's going on with Hopkins and the pick six. I'll use them both as a horses, but in this situation, I'm going to pick between one of them as an a and one of them as a B. In the in speaking of the mandatory payout on Sunday, Duke Matisse and I, and maybe uh, somebody else, will be doing a live stream. Now, this may have already happened, but then you can just find it on YouTube, depending on when you're listening to this. Live stream is going to be Saturday, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific. So it'll be great to get Duke's thoughts on these. I went about it slightly differently. I was thinking these two could potentially hook up and set it up for a horse, not to come from far out of it, but from just off the pace. That's why I landed on the three, how be it. I think can get a perfect trip. It's really well off that Santa Anita Sprint Championship line. And again, I just am hoping that Straight No Chaser and Hopkins just give him just an absolutely beautiful trip. I guess, I'm guessing that Hopkins looks the best of the speeds. Only poor run was going longer. And that he is certainly one who could win the early battle and hang around and win the war. I had a 3-2, JK trying to get out. 1-2 to close it and probably will end up uh, loan-anging in the coast-to-coast. Let us know, JK, on Twitter what you end up uh, what you end up doing here because it's a, a race a lot of people will be playing between the coast-to-coast and also, of course, this mandatory payout. Any closing thoughts from you, my friend, before we get out of here? No, it's a, n- another fun weekend of racing. And, it, it you know, we say it all the time, but this time of the year it really starts to kind of pick up, right? We get a little slower-ish. In, you know, November, late November, December, early January. And then it's like, and then it's just right upon us. And it's, it's, it's a uh, derby season. And then and, and, you know, it doesn't slow down like, really from there through the Breeders' Cup. So yeah, it's exciting. We should have some good announcements, some exciting announcements about new clients, new content going to be coming forward. We've got great stuff 
on the three-year-old, especially over at the website, inthemoneypodcast.com. Eric Solomon, Eric DeCoster, doing an amazing job on that. We encourage you to sign up for our free email. Best way to keep track of all the content, inthemoneypodcast.com slash email. And if you want even more, In The Money Plus, we've got, uh, well, again, it may have happened, depending on if you're listening this Sunday morning, but for this Saturday at Tampa Bay, we've got Rich Averill running through the card and giving his thoughts. He's got some good institutional knowledge at that place that folks are not going to want to miss. But things like that, just extra content all the way along. And then we blow it out for the Derby and the Breeders' Cup. All right, that is going to do it. We're going to thank our founding partners, Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and 10 Strike Racing. We'll thank uh, First for helping put these shows together, especially Peter Rotundo. Great to see him at the Pegasus uh, last weekend, Aiden Butler as well. Most of all, though, I want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge champion, Drew Cotney. Our chief creative officer is the host of JK Plus One himself, the eponymous uh, JK. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos!